thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Hi, and uh, it's great to be here on Sunday. The weather this week has been amazing. I hope you've not been burnt too much. Uh, there's a few people looking like drumstick squashes with the pink and white colouring. Um, so look after yourselves out there. But today we're going to carry on with our series on heroes. Uh, next week, it's not going to be me speaking, so it'll be a different person speaking. I'll let you be, I'll leave you to wonder. It's no mega special guest other than a friend of ours. But uh, we've had a lot of slogans pushed at us over the years. You may well remember some of them yourself from uh, information adverts or from other things. But I can remember some of them and I'd like you to see if you can finish them off. And some of them are for really serious and important reasons. Some of them are safety, as I say. So what about this one? See if you can complete the slogan. Clunk, click, every trip. That was a slogan designed to remind you to fasten your seatbelt. Those that are younger, it seems a bit of a no-brainer. But actually, when we were younger, you didn't have to wear seatbelts in the back. And actually, I can remember a time where you didn't even have to wear them in the front. So clunk, click, every trip was designed to remind us to fasten our seatbelt. What about see it, say it, sorted? It's on the... Uh, airports and the railway to see it to say it and to sort it to do with spotting suspicious packages and solving problems like that recently stay at home protect the nhs save lives i think the stay at home part has been the most important thing hasn't it dominic i'm not going to get political what about the latest one stay alert control the virus and save lives well today in our Heroes of Faith, I believe we've got slogans. It often says, it is by faith that, it is by faith that, or by faith Moses today. We've got four faith slogans that we need to adhere to and we need to listen to because they help us in our own journey of faith. The writer to the Hebrews is trying to get across an important message, and that is, it is by faith that we're saved. He's telling the Hebrews, that the, it's faith that's all important. It's faith that's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, that we live by faith, that we walk by faith. And those that lived before Jesus still had to exercise faith. They didn't know what was coming, and yet they were certain that God was in their futures. So today, our hero is Moses. In fact, actually, at first, it's his parents. And Iona Lee is doing our short reading from Hebrews 11. Thanks, Iona. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith 
that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. That's great. And if anyone else wants to read, there's still plenty of opportunity. I've got some of the young adults who are lined up, but if you want to have a go, please let me know. So by faith, they hid Moses. There's the first slogan. By faith, they hid Moses. They believed it was the right thing to take a stand against Pharaoh. Pharaoh was killing all male newborn Hebrew babies because their population was exploding. He wanted to control them. And so Pharaoh said, right, any boys born, we're doing away with them. And yet Moses' parents recognised that by faith, they had to take a stand. And sometimes maybe we do. By faith, we take a stand. But what do we take a stand against? I believe they're taking a stand against the persecution. Many, many times we make stands against the wrong things and we need to be careful the battles that we fight and how we fight them and how we stand. But they saw, it says, he was an unusual child. In some versions it says special. In some versions it says unique. But I still get told to this day that I ruined that precious moment of the birth of our first child, Joel. You know, I saw that he was an unusual child. Maybe that's why. But I still get told this. And the reason why is because actually it had been a long day. We'd been waiting for a long time. It didn't look like the, the, the child was coming anytime soon. When all of a sudden we got to that point where Ros was asked to push and she pushed. And the first thing I saw, obviously, as I'm encouraging it, was I could see the baby's head. Now, Joel was quite a big baby. He was quite chunky and, and lots of rolls of nice baby fat there, lots of healthy things to grow with. And as he came out and his head came out, the whole of his fat was all pushed up like this. And actually, he did have a certain look of a certain statue that occasionally is seen in different religions. And so my comment, unwisely, was he looks a bit like Buddha. I've never lived it down. Because in hindsight, that wasn't the wisest choice of words. That wasn't encouraging and probably will never be forgotten. But I was much more careful with the second birth. But Moses' parents saw he was an unusual child, that he was special, that he was unique, that he was fine. Some versions even say handsome. But Moses' parents believed he was destined for great things. So they hid him. I couldn't see Joel in that moment that he was destined for great things, but we want to believe our children are. But they had a certainty that Moses was going to be important, that he had an important part to play. So they hid him. They wanted to cover up the fact that they'd had this male baby because otherwise his life was in danger. Can you imagine hiding a baby? It surely is almost, I'm not encouraging you to do it, by the way, but it's surely almost impossible. The slightest cry would have them on edge, even more so than we are now as parents. And the Egyptian authorities would have been on the lookout and would have been onto them. Yet they are praised for their faith. Why? Because they stood against the culture of the time, because they stood against what everyone else might be doing, because they believed that God would use and protect and honour their decision. They took a risk. It reminded me as I read this of Corrie ten Boom. Corrie ten Boom and her family, if you've never heard of them, their story is told in the book and the film, The Hiding Place. Strongly recommend you read it. Powerful stuff. 
Her first name, interestingly, was actually Cornelia. That's what Corrie is short for. And that reminded me of the, the female version of Cornelius that Ross talked about on Friday in the devotional. And Cornelius was the one that was linked to anointing and prophecy. Well, Corrie ten Boom was clearly anointed by God and clearly was used for great things. Maybe a bit like Moses. They were hiding and saving the lives of many Jews in the Second World War, hiding them in a specially designed place in their, in their upstairs room in their house in Holland. And actually they were hiding them and saving them and many Jews' lives were saved because this family recognised they needed to hide these people. They were insured of their life. They themselves as a family were sent to concentration camps and I think Corrie's sister actually died in one. But some of Corrie ten Boom's quotes live on and speak powerfully about faith and are really relevant to this whole topic of heroes of faith. Here's one of them. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's good, isn't it? That's a really good quote. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Keep in saying that. Here's another one. This is what the past is for. Every experience God gives us, every person he puts in our lives, is the perfect preparation for the future that only he can see. Faith. Here's another one. I think this is relevant to us as a church. We've often talked about having our, holding things lightly for God and, and not having hold, hold of things with closed hands. Here's a Corrie ten Boom quote. Hold everything in your hands lightly, otherwise it hurts when God pries your fingers open. And finally, God takes our sins, the past, the present and the future, and he dumps them in the sea and he puts up a sign that says, no fishing allowed. Not to do with faith, but I love that quote because that reminds us and it should remind you today that actually our past has been dealt with. But in this quote, it's not just our past, it's our past sins, our present sins and our future sins. God has dumped them somewhere far away and he doesn't want anyone fishing for them. Nobody is going to come and bring them out before him because they are forgotten. So that quote is a fantastic one to remember. Love it. Brilliant. I could read Corrie ten Boom quotes all day. And I think we would be refreshed and filled just by those. So I recommend you do a search for them. But actually, we're here to talk about Moses and Moses' parents. So Moses' parents were heroes. Why? Because they trusted their son to God, because they made a stand. They knew God held his future and that they needed to entrust that future to the known God. Let's look at Moses. There are three things that Moses is commended for by faith. The slogan, by faith, Moses. First one, by faith, Moses chose who he wanted to be known as. That's the, simple, that's the simplified version. By faith, Moses chose who he wanted to be known as. I have always been called Johnny as long as I can know, unless I'm in trouble with my mum, in which case Jonathan has more syllables and carries much more threat when she's angry. But I've always been called Johnny, even when I moved up here and I started working at Isleth School as a teacher. But after two years there, I moved on to a bigger school and I, in my head, decided Johnny was a little bit unprofessional. 
Maybe it was a little bit young sounding and I wanted to sound a little bit more authoritative. So in my first days after getting the job, I told everybody my name was Jonathan because it is. My name is Jonathan. I didn't tell them anything else. I'm Jonathan. I chose who I wanted to be known as. That all unraveled a little bit because actually Ros phoned the office in the first week and said, can I speak to Johnny, please? To which they said, we don't know who you're talking about. She went, well, Johnny, Johnny Harrison. They went, oh, Jonathan. And after that, I've never lived that down either. Although in school, they still either called me Jonathan or John. And John was Ros's dad, not me. So I am Johnny. I haven't really chosen that necessarily, but actually Moses was able to choose how he was known. Most of the time, we are known by our character or we're known by our actions, our words, our habits even. Maybe sometimes that's not a really helpful thing to be known as or known by. Or regularly, we might become known by the labels that other people put on us. But when we've chosen our identity, there's power. Moses was able to choose the side he was wanting to represent. When have we chosen what we've wanted to be known as? Even football teams can be heavily chosen for us by our families. My sympathy to all Manchester United fans out there. Moses was brought up in a Hebrew home and then in an Egyptian palace while his mum still cared for him. He would still know his roots. He still knew who he belonged to. He knew the culture that he was part of. But he had a choice. He could choose to be the Egyptian in the palace, or he could choose to be the Israelite under oppression and slavery. And by faith, he chose God's side. By faith, he chose what wasn't easy. He chose what was difficult, the side that struggled in slavery, the side that was being beaten, the side that was being uh, told to kill their newborn babies. Why? Because he was looking ahead to what God had promised, not the momentary pleasure of life in the here and now. It would have been easy to stay in the palace. It would have been easy to have that life of luxury. But instead, he chose God's side. That reminded me of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. I want to read them from the message version because this talks about the fact that this life here and now is momentary. As Christians and not Christians, there's an eternity we can either look forward to or fear. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18 say this. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even, on, even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. That's the encouragement as Christians. The things we go through now that might be tough are small potatoes. I love that phrase, the small potatoes. Little Jersey Royals, little salad potatoes. They're tiny in comparison to the lavish celebration, in comparison to the coming good times. Because what we can't see now will last forever. That's faith. That's why Moses is a hero, because Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ 
as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Have you ever seen any of the treasures of Egypt? Have you ever been to an exhibition? They are many and valuable and there's wow moments galore. But God's kingdom is worth more. God's kingdom is worth more than your paycheck. God's kingdom is worth more than winning the lottery. God's kingdom is better than having a fast car or a fast bike. God's kingdom lasts forever. There's no warranty needed. It never runs out. It always lasts. His love endures forever. Love that doesn't grow tired or weary. Love that goes on and on and on and on, longer than Andrex or the Duracell bunny. In fact, forever, for eternity. The here and now is small potatoes to the lavish celebration he has in store for us. The celebration that will go on forever. Are you game? Are you coming? Because you've got your invitation for a lavish celebration that will last forever. So, by faith, Moses chose to be on the side of Christ. By faith, his parents took a stand. The second thing that Moses had for by faith is by faith, he left Egypt not fearing. I have left my job several times in the last 20 years, my job as a primary school teacher. But God has given it me back and given me back just what I've needed. I left my full-time teacher job to be a Christian youth worker. I was told I was stupid. I was told we needed more Christian teachers or more Christian head teachers. But God called and I left. We needed two and a half days a week work to pay the bills. God provided exactly two and a half days a week work to pay the bills. No more, no less. By faith, I left. I wasn't scared of not paying the bills because God had said, this is what I want you to do. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. By faith, I left. Moses left in a very different situation. He left because he stood up to a slave driver. He actually killed him in a fight. Moses isn't perfect. So when you think I'm not good enough for God, Moses killed a guy. Moses wasn't perfect, but he left Egypt not being afraid. He left knowing that God would protect him. He left knowing that God would, even as he tended sheep in a wilderness, he knew that God was there with him and for him. And he saw the invisible God in the middle of the burning bush. He left without fear. What are we afraid to leave behind? What is it that we keep clinging on to? What is it like Lot's wife we keep turning around to gaze after from our past that actually is no good for us, that actually will never be good for us and actually will stunt our growth? Maybe we're scared to leave friends behind or maybe we're scared to leave habits behind. Even some of the people that we've worked with over the years who have serious addictions are scared to leave behind that habit even though they know it's bad because it's a comfort blanket, it's what they've always known. Maybe we're scared to leave things because our identity is all wrapped up in the wrong stuff. It's wrapped up in who we were instead of who we are meant to be. Maybe others have placed their identity for us on our shoulders. Maybe they're saying this is what we need to be. Parents can do that. Friends can do that. Companies and employers can do that. God never does that. God says this is who you want to be. This is who you need to be because that's how you're going to flourish. Maybe our identity is wrapped in the wrong stuff. Maybe we've placed a wrong identity on us, but we need to shrug off those thoughts. We need to shrug off those old things and throw off the things that will hinder us and put on the garments of praise and put on the garments of righteousness 
that God longs to put on our shoulders because his clothes are the best. His clothes are top range. His clothes are designer and the ultimate. And he longs for us to be identified as his children. Moses, by faith, identified with God's side. Moses, by faith, chose to leave without fear of Pharaoh, knowing that God would protect and provide and that God would see him through. And he persevered. He stuck at it. Why? Because he knew God was the best choice. Because this life now is small potatoes compared to what God has in store. He knew the invisible God. That is the key to faith. To be able to leave something that has been our safety blanket, that has been no good for us, or maybe leaving something we've always known in order to press on and in to the God who we can know better. In order to give ourselves fully and completely to God and who he says we are, we need to leave some of those past things behind. Today, what is it? He says, cast it off. He says, leave it behind. You might have tried and kept going back to it. You might have tried and got far enough away from it, but then it sucks you back in again. God says, sometimes you need to leave and don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll protect you. I'll provide. Moses is a hero because he left it behind and wasn't afraid of the most powerful man on the known earth. What we're scared to leave behind in order to be loved and completed by the most powerful God in the whole universe, the only God in the whole universe. The final slogan of by faith in the Moses story is to do with salvation. By faith, Moses knew that he was saved by the blood. Sound familiar? Moses and the people have seen the plagues. They've seen the plagues come and they've seen the plagues go because God's removed them. They've also seen that their area of Egypt wasn't affected by the plagues. However, the last one is going to affect everybody. This last plague is going to apply to everybody. And this time God says there's going to be an angel of death that comes over the town, comes over the city. And all the firstborn, animals and children are going to die. But there is a simple solution. There is a simple solution. There's an instruction to follow that would mean that everybody who followed it could be saved. And I believe that applies to the Egyptians as well as the Israelites. A simple solution that if applied would bring salvation. I believe God gave word for how to escape this terrible situation. What was it? Take a perfect lamb. Kill it instead of you. Use its blood and paint its blood on the door frame of your house. And then the angel will pass over. That's where we get the Passover from. The angel will pass over and no harm will come to your house. Paint the blood of a perfect lamb on the entrance to your house and you will be saved. That's it. Maybe too simple, surely for some. Maybe they think it needs to be more complicated. We need to go through more rituals or we need to say more prayers. No, the blood of the perfect lamb painted on the entrance, brings salvation. It involved giving of the best. The lamb that was perfect was worth something. It involved sacrifice and it involved waiting for the danger to pass. The only thing that would stop it was some blood on your door. Seriously, God, can we not make it a little bit more active? Could we not make it a bit more complicated? Or could we not do something like a dance to, to ward off this, this thing? Could we not say some extra prayers? What if they don't believe it's true? Maybe that would be Moses' fear. But Moses said, this is the only way. God hadn't failed us yet. 
God is never going to fail us. He hasn't let them down. His promises were true. And all the plagues, interestingly, counted individual Egyptian gods. All ten plagues counted against gods that the Egyptians worshipped. And all of them said, the God of Israel was the God. He was the powerful one. He was the Almighty. And the simple protection from this final plague was the blood of the Lamb. Moses had faith that the blood of the Lamb would lead to salvation. And as we finish today, that's what we are called to shout from the rooftops. Jesus was the perfect Lamb. He was innocent, no sin. He didn't sin. And yet he was sacrificed as the perfect Lamb for the sin of the world. All we need is his blood sprinkled onto the gateway of our lives. All we need to do to have salvation is to have faith in the blood of the Lamb, to believe and to accept it and choose the side of Jesus. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. We're telling it out loud today. By faith, we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. We need to accept it. We need to pick up our cross daily. We need to know that the future is bright, even if today the day is dark right now. That now is small potatoes compared to the lavish celebration he has in store for us. Accept it and put it into action in our lives. Moses had faith that this blood would bring salvation. And that's how we finish today. To be a hero, we can take a stand against persecution. To be a hero, we can choose to be on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. To be a hero, we can leave behind that past and not be afraid of the future we face because we can follow the invisible or present God. And to be a hero, the first step is to know that we're saved through faith in Jesus, that he died and rose again, paying the price for our sin, for you and for me. Simple. It's not complex. But yet many will choose to ignore that instruction. Many will choose to try and find their own way. The end result in Egypt, those that ignored the instruction, there was weeping and devastation in their families. Amongst those that didn't put their faith in the Lamb's blood, there was great despair. That will be the ultimate with us too. That actually, if people realise that salvation is through Jesus, they will be saved. If they don't, there will be weeping and devastation ultimately. There will be, there will be times that are, that are horrendous for eternity. Slogans are great. They can help us remember important information. Here's a slogan to finish with. Jesus saves. Simple. Here's another slogan. We're saved by faith, knowing and certain that eternity with Jesus is worth any number of dark days here and now. That the small potatoes of life are far less important than the lavish celebration. Let's put our faith and choose Jesus. His blood is the key for salvation today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our heroes of faith. We thank you for Moses and we pray today you'll help us to choose your side. Help us to sprinkle the gateways of our lives, our hearts, the very entryway to our centre of who we are. Help us to choose to cover it with the blood of Jesus, knowing that the sacrifice of the perfect lamb has paid the price for all that we ever have done wrong, all that we ever will do wrong and knowing that that will bring us into a lavish celebration with you. So Father God, I pray for anyone here who doesn't know Jesus. And I pray too, for those of us that do, that we will continue to choose Jesus, that we will look and leave the past behind, that we will strive forwards and know the invisible God, and we will be made whole and complete. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out um, the word and thanks for checking out the worship. Uh, don't forget, please, to check out all the other devotionals online. And next Sunday, it'll be Dan Randall who's going to be shaking our, taking our Sunday morning word. So have a great week. If there's anything we can do to help, let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you for Zoom worship tonight and other things. Have a blessed one. Bye now.